everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pot on Your Loons. I'm Justin. Pot on Your Loons. This is James. Pot on the Loons. This is Sam. What's up, guys? We had a win. Another win. We win. Yeah, we won a game, guys. No, we, no, we, game. we won two in a row. Yeah, two in a row. We've won two since the last time you were on the show, Justin. Hey, things are moving upward. I like it. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have bought him back. Maybe that was the thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go back to Arizona. Hey, how was Arizona? Uh, Arizona and Colorado. They were both yeah. fun. Uh, it was a good time. It was good to get a chance to kind of uh, rest, relax, do some fun stuff, see some friends and family. It was exactly what I needed. So uh, I guess I'll go back to school tomorrow and and be a teacher again. But it was nice to have some time away from that. I, th- I saw, I looked it up, Sam, and your spring break is starting tomorrow, right? Or I, I guess it started on Saturday. No, no, it, it starts on Friday. Oh, it doesn't start till Friday? Okay, maybe wrong Rochester calendar I looked at then. You must have looked at Rochester, New York. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. The okay, students so you, do this all the time. When so you have, you have one more week then, right? <laughs> I have one more week. But yeah, the students do this all the time where I will assign them, say, an essay on their city council, and they'll tell me all about the city council for (laughs) Rochester, New York, or the mayor for Rochester, New York, or the school board for Rochester, New York. And I'm like, you you clearly aren't paying a lot of attention. (laughs) You don't even recognize that these names are not your local politicians. (laughs) That's bad. That's funny. Good times. Hey, um, well, yeah, yeah. So, Justin, welcome back from spring break. I always like having my spring break a little bit later because, right, it's, I don't know. It's it would actually always spring. depress me. <laughs> well, that, that's not really what I'm getting at. I mean, he went to Arizona anyway. But I, I more mean, like, he's done. He goes back tomorrow. I'm still looking forward to it. I still have something to be optimistic about. He just has to wait until <laughs> June 4th or whatever. We got a couple days here off here and there. There's things to look forward to. And it was a heat wave today. We exchanged pictures on the, the group chat of us uh, wearing sandals in March, Minnesota, which is not always the case. You don't always get to do that. So it was a nice heat wave for us in Minnesota. How warm did it get? I think it was like 59 degrees. 59? Ooh. Oh, it was it was roughly the same for us today. In fact, tomorrow it's going to be sixty three for me. So uh, a cool seventeen degrees Celsius and sunny. So I, I'm already I'm already busting out the loons jacket. Like I'm already in summer. Go. I'm already in spring jacket. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, yeah, we've gone n- past my winter jacket. Now Minnesotans, like we we hardly even get out the winter jacket. Right, I was I was wearing that loons. Allianz field jacket or whatever they call it. The one with the wing on the back. I was wearing that all winter long. That was what I would drop my kids off at school. And the real thin one. Yeah. We're hardy folks, James. Like we don't, you know, people take pride in not wearing winter coats. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to, to be honest, when I was in Minnesota, I think the first time that I met you, Sam, there were guys outside drinking beer in shorts and it was like snowing out. There were a few inches of snow outside. So that was uh, that was respect. Yeah, I remember it being really snowy when you came. Yeah, a couple of years ago, but I don't remember it being really cold. 
Yeah, it was more just uh, yeah, people rocking uh, people rocking some shorts and a few inches of snow. Yeah, that's just that's what we do. Well, yeah, let let's get into it again. We're kind of coming to you right after the San Jose win, so that's now two wins in a row. We're on a four game unbeaten streak to start the season. Pretty sweet. When you guys want to run us down through some news, sure. If you missed the last few podcasts where we talked about I'm coming to Minnesota, hey, I'm coming to Minnesota. Isn't that great? I will be here at the end of May if you want to catch up. If you want to buy me a beer, that will also be acceptable. (laughs) Uh, I will uh, quite happily (laughs) accept those requests. No no shame. No shame. No shame. Uh, I will also be at a Loons game. I will also be at a Minnesota Aurora game. I potentially might be at a Minneapolis City game. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were going to make City work. Yeah. Uh, there's potential for the Minnesota United 2, although I'm not sure not sure how that's going to go. Although Big Fred might be playing. I don't know. That might be cool. Uh, you kind of have to then because you got to get his autograph. Yeah, right? I traveled all this way. His country is basically next, almost next to mine. What else? Oh, there's a Champions League final too. Yep. That's, uh, that's a busy weekend. Busy four days. Yeah, a lot, lot of soccer. Yeah, yeah. football. Sorry, football. So good. Five, five games in four days. So, and then a week of just eating a lot of pizza. Because apparently, Sam told me Midwest pizzas slept on a lot. It's real good. Yeah, Midwest pizza is the best. So I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm, that. It's not that New York pizza is bad. I know, I know Chicago's in the Midwest, but it's not that Chicago pizza is bad. It's just this upper Midwest pizza the thin crust stuff cut into squares underrated underrated we got a lot of it and it's good yeah i'm, I'm excited to try but before we get to that we got a lot of news to go through yeah i was gonna say when i was like hey does someone want to go over the news i didn't mean james do you want to rehash your news i i more yeah, no. meant like come on tell us about our new left back yeah so uh, we acquired a uh, kimar lawrence thank god someone with an easy to pronounce name uh, from FC Toronto in exchange for the rights to 2021 MLS draft second round pick Sean O'Hearn and 50K in GAM. I mean, we talked about this before, right? We've never had a second round play for us. Isn't Hassani Dodson, was he a third rounder? Well, no, Hassani Dodson was a second rounder. He's the only second uh, rounder to play for us at all. We, our first year, had um, had a second rounder sign with us. He had like a French sounding name. I don't remember his name, but it was French sounding. He never made an appearance. Gotcha. Cool. But besides the French dude (laughs) and Hassani, no second rounder has ever even signed with us. Yeah. Perfect. So we basically got this guy for a steal. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Some random guy who never signed with us anyway. 29 year old Jamaican international, seven years in the MLS. Played for New York Red Bulls, played for FC Toronto, spent time in Europe with uh, Anderlecht, which is in uh, Belgium's... I know you've written Unipa, but I'm pretty sure it's Upola. Same thing. Uh, Same so, thing. They're more known for their waffles than their soccer. So yeah, It's uh, it's Upola because that's a beer. Yeah, they named their leagues after beers. How good are we over here? Yeah, that's pretty cool. 2018 MLS Best 11 with the New York Red Bulls, so... You know, clearly can play. His nickname is Taxi. <laughs> I have no idea nice where this nickname. nickname came from. Brilliant nickname, though. 
Uh, he's rated. Uh, his market value is 825k according to Transfer Markt. So, not bad. And then Justin, yeah, not, not bad. We got him for fifty thousand dollars in Monopoly money. So, yeah, and a random dude we're never gonna sign anyway. And uh, I know, I know, Justin loves loves reading his favorite stat. I mean, he's a seventy in FIFA, seventy overall, seventy potential, which is a pretty solid player for MLS. Yeah, yeah. 70 is pretty good. Uh, what's DSC? I wonder, actually. That would be quite interesting to Ooh, look up on yeah, FIFA. I, I can look I it up. I bet he's not even 70. I, re- I would I be surprised if he would be like guys. 60. Like, I think no another, him, but FIFA. another sign that, that uh, Kamar Lawrence is a big deal in FIFA is he has a real face. And not all the MLS guys have real faces. So That's right. That is right. Yeah, and you know, I was trying to figure out, because this does seem like a steal, and... I was listening to Sound of Balloons to see if, you know, Cal and Kendra had any insight on this. And they they seem to talk like it's a steal as well. Kendra made some sort of comment like we can all speculate on how we were able to get him for this price. But she was like, that's just speculation. So that, that got me wondering, okay, what are the rumors? I tried to go on Toronto FC's Reddit and see if I could hear any rumors. Like, why why is this guy on his way out? Why is this guy leaving for pretty much nothing? Couldn't really find anything. It's odd, but he's ours. Uh, James, Dane St. Clair is a 68 overall on FIFA with 74 potential, which I think that should be a little bit higher than that. Okay, okay, okay. I, uh, yeah, I thought FIFA was going to do him dirty, but I guess... uh... Two years ago, DSC uh, pulled some strings. There you go. That's interesting. Well, we should we should do a FIFA rating episode some point near the end or preseason. You know, James, you're you're you're, you're speaking my language right now. <laughs> I don't know. We, we just got to convince Sam, I guess. But I I would definitely be down for that. Spring spring break in uh, next week's right, Sam. <laughs> my spring break is next week. You guys can do a FIFA episode. I will be gone for that one. I will be in sunny Wisconsin. Fair enough. But uh, also the other bit of news, I guess, is um, and the reason, you know, the main reason we signed a left back. Chase Gasper voluntarily entered the MLS Substance Abuse and Behavioral Health Program for personal reasons. What those personal reasons are, we don't know. Um, We wish him the best of luck. Um, We wish him a, a speedy recovery. And uh, the Wonderwall displayed a TIFO in support of him on uh, on Saturday as well. Does anyone know what the, like, what does TIFO actually stand for? Is that an acronym for something? Isn't it Italian? Yeah, it's short for some Italian thing. I don't know. It's just the cool, like the cool things they display in the Wonderwall, they call them TIFOs. You were supposed to know that, James. You're the European correspondent. Yep. It doesn't really translate to anything, uh, you know, usable. Cheering. Either way, I, I thought that that was cool. Chase is our guy. I was on Post Loons yesterday with Jeremy Rushing and the Soda Soccer crew. Well, I guess the rest of the Soda Soccer crew besides Jeremy wasn't there. But I was on Post Loons last night talking about it. I thought it was really cool because Chase is one of our guys. And it's not like there was a lot of time that the Wonderwall had to organize this. So well done, whoever organized that TIFO. Uh, that was really well done. Looked nice, sent a strong message, and I, I hope Chase saw it, and I hope Chase knows that we all got his back. We all got his back. We're looking forward to him coming back as soon as he can, as soon as it's right for him to come back, that is. Yeah, we wish him well. Speaking of people coming back, 
Whoa, what a segue. Training room. That Okay, that was good. Now, just a quick question, James. Did you kind of look at the notes that Justin wrote and say, I'm going to put a segue there, or did that just happen? No, that just happened. <laughs> okay, that was, that was pretty good for just happening. I don't pre-plan my segues usually. We did have two people who returned from injury this week. Abu Dunladi came back from a thigh and Ja'Cory Hayes came back from a thigh, both of whom saw time, which is important. Out this week, though, is Mietanier, who had a thigh. Uh, Fisher, who has a thigh. There's, there's, a recurring, there's a recurring theme here. Eric Dick, who had a thorax. Patrick Way, who had a knee injury. And obviously, Gaspar is, uh, is out as well. Another person with a thorax injury, by the way. Yep. I, I didn't know a thorax could, could, could get injured until Ariaga's thorax was injured. And now Eric Dick's is okay. Yeah. Also, it's also weird writing in notes, Dick thorax. <laughs> just, uh, too many memes. Too many memes about that. And then and that wouldn't even make sense, but I know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of people who are injured, oh, the gutter, James. This is <laughs> this is uh, this is more segueing. Uh, U.S. men's national team, Barcelona right back, uh, Seguin. Se- oh my god, Seginio. Seginio Dest will miss the rest of the qualifiers after suffering a hamstring injury against Galatasaray. Galatasaray in uh, the Europa League round of sixteen. And you were complaining, saying, like, he really is more Dutch than American. Why do you guys get him on your team? And you can't say his name, right? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> if you guys in the Netherlands like this guy so much, learn how to say his name. Well, it'd be Serginio over here, because the G for the G is G. So it'd be Serginio Dest. Okay, well, now you're just showing off. <laughs> yeah, that's why. It's like the problem is when I've, you know, I've lived here for almost five years. So when I'm trying to read these names that are Dutch, but in an English way, it doesn't, doesn't usually work. I must say, though, uh, speaking of Barcelona, smashed Real Madrid 4-0 in the El Clasico today in the Bernabeu was, if no one has gone and seen those highlights, go and watch those highlights because it was absolutely crushing. Also sad as an Arsenal fan because Obama Young is just on fire right now. And I don't know where yeah, he looked great. I don't know where he was when he played for Arsenal because he wasn't doing that. The commentator said that we got his worst twin brother when he played for Arsenal. That's <laughs> what they said. I mean, he did get you a trophy. Like, yeah, he was the difference maker in that FA Cup final. That and Pulisic getting hurt, which... Apparently, now it's time for me to segue. Christian Pulisic injury scare against Middleborough. There you go. And Chelsea's 2-0 FA Cup quarterfinal win. Mid- Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, by the way. What'd I say? <laughs> Middleborough. I don't know. Is this... Is this Stop just showing a- off, James. <laughs> future main letters there. There is a positive, though. Gio Reyna, uh, Borussia Dortmund, returns to the fold after suffering a hammy injury in uh, September. So, finally, six months later, right, he uh, he gets to come back. So, that's good yeah. news because your injury list is looking kind of big. Yeah, we need some people to step up. So, hopefully hopefully Gio can be one of those people. Hopefully, Pulisic's fine. Uh, the video looked pretty nasty, but he, he finished the game, I guess. So, that's that's promising. 
Yeah, this I'm a little bit nervous for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers, right? We we got to do something. We got to do something and every everyone out there don't worry, we're going to move on to Minnesota United or at least Minnesota soccer related things really quick. US uh, men's national team World Cup qualifiers, the final 3 games in the qualifiers coming up this week, right? We have an international break in the MLS. We are currently tied for second with Mexico. We have 21 points. We are behind first place Canada, who has 25 points. They're pretty much golden to move on to Qatar. So this Thursday, March 24th, we are at Mexico. All right. So we are at the team that we're tied to tied for second with. Then Sunday, we get to host Panama. They are the fourth place team. All right, top four teams move on. Well, I shouldn't even say top four teams move on. Top three teams move on. Fourth place team gets like a playoff game, probably against New Zealand. So Sunday, March 27th, we host Panama. They're in fourth place with 17 points, just four points behind us. That game will be huge. And then we take on next week, Wednesday, March 30th, we are at Costa Rica, the fifth place team. We're only five points behind us. They have 16 points right now. So it is a dogfight to the end. Of course, it would happen. So it it has us line up basically with all the teams that are right behind us or tied with us. That is who we're playing. We're missing some important guys. I highly recommend you listen to the American Podligans, our good buddy Nate. I actually even heard that our good buddy Cam is going to make a guest appearance with them. Check them out. Give them a follow on Twitter. You know what? Maybe we'll, since it's an international break, maybe we'll even publish one of their episodes on our podcast feed. But check it out. They know their stuff. Do you, uh, do you reckon if Canada wins the first game that they start Dane for the last two games? Or if they win the next two games, do you reckon they start him for the final game, which won't actually matter for them because they'll be automatically winning? I don't know anything about the Canadian men's national team besides that Dane St. Clair is on it. So okay. I, I don't I don't have a comment for this. I'd like to see Dane St. Clair get some time. Yeah, that'd be rad. I think I think he's supposed to be like the third keeper. See, so. I thought he was second, but I don't have any reason for saying that. He thinks he should be number one. Right? That's what he said. He thinks yeah. he should be number one. He's out to prove he should be number one. I mean, he didn't. He didn't super help his chances by making zero saves because <laughs> they couldn't even shoot the ball. But yeah, one more thing before we get on to San Jose, quite important to me: the Minnesota Aurora kits will be revealed. Mall of America, April 9th, eleven a.m. Get your butts down there. Kit designer is yeah. You're gonna have. You might have to help me with this one. Cassidy Sepniski. Sepnieski? Sepnieski? I don't know. Sepnieski is probably right. That, uh, that's also, how I would think it would be. Sepnieski, who also designs kits for Ford Madison. Which so, those are pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of those too. <laughs> As there are a lot. Previously. There are a lot, and most of them are really nice. So There's a reverse a, kit as well. I'm interested to see what direction they go with this. I also believe they're releasing Home, Away, and Goalkeeper as well, all at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't think I'm going to go to the Mall of America on April 9th at 11 a.m. No. Maybe. Like, maybe we maybe. could work 
work a lunch out of it. I, I don't know. Justin, should we, should we bring the ladies and the kids to the mall of America meet up at B dubs? Hit, hit me up when it gets closer. Maybe you hit me know. up when it gets closer. Why do I have to plan everything? <laughs> Look, there's music, kids activities, games for everyone an Aurora show. That'll be a free for all, you know, it's Huntington bank rotundra. 11 till 1 p.m. You can make a lunch out of that. We'll, we'll have to. Maybe. Maybe. You can do it. All right, guys, let, let's talk about the 1 0 win versus San Jose. I'm still buzzing a little bit from this. This one was a lot of fun. We, we've done pretty well against San Jose. At, at least that's my memory. We look at these past results. Actually, I guess our, most, our two most recent games against San Jose were both draws. July 3rd at home, we drew 2 2. August 17th away, we drew 1-1. I guess my memories of us pretty much dominating them must be from 2020, not 2021. Blank those ones out. But basically, after losing to San Jose for our first four MLS matchups against them, we've been unbeaten against them in our last seven matches. That includes five wins and two draws. That's pretty sweet. One of you guys want to run down the lineup with us? I got it. Okay. Uh, so in goal, we had Dane St. Clair. For our defense, it was Debassi, Kalman, Boxall, and Hassani Dotson at right back this week. He's kind of been everywhere. In midfield, we had Ariaga and Trap. The attacking mid was Bongi, Longwane, Reynoso, and Ludd. And then up front, our boy, Luis Amaria. Man, I tell you what, Facebook was going nuts that uh, Bongi was starting. And was also going nuts that South Africa was not showing this game <laughs> as their chosen game of the week. They were showing the uh, Chicago Sporting Kansas City game, I think. So, yeah, everyone on Facebook was going fairly nuts asking for how they could watch this game from South Africa and people were staying up. And, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, there was not a lot of love for uh, the the sports station i think it was espn or it was something but yeah there was uh, there's not a lot of love right there they won't make that mistake again and in minnesota it was kind of bogus too i thought the game would be on the cw because pretty much any weekend game is usually on the cw and some cooking show was on there instead it's like we don't watch the cw for cooking shows like i could understand if some like teenage vampire drama was on instead and they didn't want to bump that <laughs> off but come on a cooking show i know we, we were cooking up three points and no one could see it terrible uh, there you go again james i know uh that definitely wasn't rehearsed <laughs> uh we also really? had four subs look at us we had four subs four subs four subs four sub alert uh we had franco who came on for bongi in the 66th and DJ Taylor, who came on for Will Trap, also in the 66th. Taylor then went to right back, and Hassani Dodson moved to the midfield. 78th minute, Dan Lardi came on for Luis Amaria. Yeah, uh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, and uh, it was his first game, by the way, since 2019, when we played the Galaxy and uh, Zlatan, uh, and we lost in the playoffs. Welcome uh, back, Abu. Yeah, welcome back. And yeah, welcome back, buddy. 92nd minute was Jacori Hayes for uh, Reynoso. Hayes at least touched the ball, I think, once. <laughs> like, got one or two touches max uh, before, it, uh, before it was over. Yeah, that Speaking barely of, counts, but I guess it does count. 
That that yep. is a cap for. Yeah, maybe he's got he's got appearance bonus or something, right? So yeah. it's like, yeah. all right, this pa- one counts. Pass bonus. So do we do we want to talk about Dunlady coming on for Omria instead of Hanu? I thought we were going to talk about that a bit later, but we can oh, talk is about that now. Up later. We can talk about it now. That's fine. One one thing we do have to point out is the lineup did shift when Dunlady came in. Dunlady didn't just sub in for Amaria and then take Amaria's bot up top. The lineup shifted a little bit, so Reynoso actually played up top and Dunlady played on the right. So the lineup did shift a little bit, and then Lud came in and played the 10. It was interesting, so it wasn't necessarily like a, okay, we're, we're playing Dunlady up top instead of Hanu. But it very much was a, even in a situation where we are subbing players in and trying to put away a game, we're not giving Hanu any time. And I'm not criticizing that. I'm just very curious and I'm very interested. I would love to know what's up with Hanu. Are we getting rid of him? Is he disgruntled? Is there a plan? I don't know. I find it interesting. Yeah, I mean, we could sit and speculate about what's happening, right? The doghouse comments come into play a little bit, right? We, we are known that Heath kind of feels a certain way and wants his players to do stuff to make it on the pitch. There could be a lot of different reasons why this is happening. Uh, hopefully we find out something soon because it is peculiar to leave your most expensive player on the bench consistently. I just hope that we could find out the solution soon. Yeah, I mean... In a totally useless stat, his XG per 90 minutes is 1.52 because he played like seven minutes and had a had a shot, right? But I mean, there's got to be some plan, like you guys said. And I think I would like to think that plan involves like the two strikers where he kind of plays off Amaria. But... For that to work, you're going to need to give him playing time and you're going to kind of need to move to that formation sooner rather than later. Because if you move in, you know, Adrian Heath says they're not ready, but if you only move into that in the second half of the season, you've basically had a striker sit on the bench for half a season before you've decided to to kind of give him a go. I don't know. It's complicated. I think Andy Greeter tweeted... In capital letters, buried. Yeah. Dan Lardy came on. So I've been kind of thinking along your lines all season so far where I'm like, yeah, maybe in a two striker formation. And I was like, maybe we're actually going to play a two striker formation, which would be very unlike Keith after watching him for, are we on season six now? Is it six? Yeah. This is the sixth season of Heath, right? Two, three, Maybe 2017 was the opener or uh, 2018. Yeah, yeah. This is this is season six. Yeah, 2017 yeah. to now. This is season six. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your favorite your favorite comedy drama, right? Like I I kind of argued at the beginning of the season, like we might finally be seeing the two striker formation, which would be very unlike Keith, but we have the players for it. I don't know. I thought it might happen. I thought Hanu, I thought this whole situation was going to work out. J- James, I am paraphrasing for you, but you're trying to figure out what the plan is. You're trying to decide if the plan is a two striker formation or what if the plan is just 
this isn't working out. Let's stop pretending it's going to work out. What if that's the plan? Because uh, four games in, we've only seen him for a few minutes. We didn't see him in preseason. We see no indication that we're going to see him anytime soon. Andy Greeter, who covers the team about as close as anyone, significantly closer than we cover the team, says he's buried. So what if the plan at this point is, yeah, guys, this isn't going to work out. Or what if the plan is we're going to move him? I don't know. I guess I'm just a little less optimistic that the plan is Hanu is going to find his way onto the field. I understand. I also think, you know, firstly, you know, why has no one asked that question in a press conference? I don't know if they have and it hasn't been reported, but I would have thought that someone would have asked what the plan was. And if that's the plan, is it better for them to be upfront about that plan or they think they can still get a bunch of money? But if if it's if it's that obvious that's the plan, people are going to know that's the plan, right? If you're trying to ship your guy, you got to give him options and, and reasons to explore, right? The hottest take I saw on Twitter was that Christian Ramirez is kind of being shipped around or is has interest from the MLS. And someone was like, why don't we just do a swap where we send Adriana New to Aberdeen and we bring Christian Ramirez back? Because he apparently he's wanted by uh, the EFL Championship teams as well, so one below uh, one below the Premier League. So, I, I mean that is wishful thinking if we've ever heard it, right? There there are that a was lot really of, out of the United fans that I I, <laughs> I was actually joking with Jeremy Rushing the other day, and it, we were just kind of DMing each other back and forth. And oh, it was after your post loons appearance. You and Jeremy were talking, and you were arguing over like, is it? Luis Amaria owes us 25 goals this season, or is it 22? What does he owe us? Is it 25 or 22? And the consensus was, if he scores 22, if he scores over 20, no one's going to complain about anything. And I'm sitting on the couch with my wife. We're watching this together. And I kind of look at her and I make this joke that she didn't get. I was like, have you met our fan base? Someone would find something to complain about. And my joke was someone would be like, Christian would have scored 30. You guys are doing this again with the you guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I make a joke. You guys have your microphones muted. We, we told you last time, Sam, you got, we made a laugh track. You just got to save that clip. And anytime you feel like you need to have some applause, just put it in the, I, I'm the not, yourself. I am not going to do that. You're, you're literally doing it again. Oh, man. So good. We're here for you, Sam. Don't worry. Are you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, people will complain about anything. That's, uh, that's definitely true. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the stats? Go for stats it. time. All right. Cool. Uh, possession. This is kind of always the case when we play this team. They dominated us in possession. So we had 38%. They had 62%. Shots on target, though. This is an improvement, James. We've talked about this multiple times. Like We keep having these games where we have a lot of shots on target, right? It's not just, it's not three for 20 like it was last year. We were five for 13, which is 38%. That's pretty solid. Uh, San Jose was 0 for 6, 0% shots on target. So uh, easy day for Dane St. Clair. But great, yep. great day for our defense. Uh, the XG ended up with us being 1.5 to their 0. 0.2. Ooh. 
Ooh. Yeah, they uh, they had a bad day at the office, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm surprised it was only 1.5 considering we scored and we had, at, what was it, three chances we were one-on-one with the keeper? I mean, Franco didn't get to shoot like right at the end, so I assume that doesn't count towards XG, but like there are a couple of times where we were one-on-one and should have scored. Bongi had a great chance. Uh, Robin Lodd had one from outside the box, that like weird like, kind of sidekick that almost went in. So, I mean, you know, 1.5, we scored a goal. We easily could have scored two or three, though. Probably should have scored two or three. Like you said, we got dominated in possession, but we uh, we still found a way. A lot of our shots, though, went over the crossbar. So that was kind of what we were talking about in our, our WhatsApp group yesterday and Doomsday Jeremy. Yeah, Doom, Doomsday Jeremy brings up, we can't do that against the better teams of the Western Conference. We can do that against San Jose, and we did that against San Jose, and we got away with it against San Jose. But once Seattle comes to town, we can't do that. We can't be wasting our chances kicking the ball over the crossbar. Not like we were. Obviously, occasionally it's going to go over. But we were kicking some field goals at times. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we uh, we talk about what happened, the good, the good fun times that happened during the game. Uh, yeah, obviously, 32nd minute, Reynoso brings a lovely ball up the middle, passes off to the right to Robin Lud. Robin Lud whips in a ball, takes a deflection. Amaria finds himself in space, and there's this beautiful little, like, little kick right over the keeper and uh, bangs in goal number, goal number two. And uh, again, it was on his first touch. It was yeah. on his first touch. It wasn't a direct volley like last week's game where Hassani passes it to him and Amaria just kicks it right in on his first, uh, his first touches a volley into the goal. It wasn't quite that. It did bounce off the ground before it made its way to Amaria, but his first touch, it wasn't to set the ball and set himself up to shoot. His first touch was a shot and it did go in. Yeah. He, uh, he just looks so impressive, man. And he has been involved in every one of our four goals, by the way. Like that's the that's the crazy part. Like even when Lod scored the first one, he was the decoy run that opened up Lod to score, right? So like he he is just everywhere and he is really kind of making it super easy to keep that spot. Like I I understand why Adrian Hanu is on the bench when you have Amaria who is just crushing life right now, but I would have thought that Anu would have started the first game, but I'm kind of okay that he didn't now, right? When when you watch this, you're like, well, it's like DSC, right? Puts in a great performance and Tyler Miller's stuck on the bench. It's, it's kind of the same thing. Something something I just was thinking about as I was thinking about the how Luis Amaria looked, something about that play on that goal, just how well he times his run to keep himself onside, ready for that, ready for the service for that ball. I think about Adrian Hanu, one of the things he struggled with, he was always offsides. You know, like he's a striker, he's trying to get out front. Just for some reason, you think this guy, you know, plays in a high division, high league, that he should be able to, you know, feel it out, feel the time the runs out so that he can be in a good space to make a play. And there's just a lot of those moments. But Amaria is just, it's just, it's just awesome having him up front. It's, it's, It's like it doesn't even matter, you know, that Hanu is not, 
working out because Amaria is just making the plays. He's the guy. He's the number nine we were looking for. Yeah, it's uh, it's impressive to watch, man. And, you know, we talked about how last year we struggled to score goals. I think this year we look much more dangerous. I think last year we struggled to score goals and we didn't look like we would score goals. But this year we look like we're going to score a lot more goals than we actually are. So I think that's kind of the positive step because I would rather have a lot of shots and only score some than not really have any shots and barely score any, right? Because our XG at the moment is, I think it's just under five and and we've scored four goals. So, you know, we're looking more potent than, than we actually are. Yeah, and, you know, you know I, I do want to say, right, not to point out the obvious, we made a joke last week while you guys were gone. I was one of three social studies teachers on the pod. And we made a joke that even without the math teacher, even without the accountant, we were able to figure out what our average goals scored per game was because we just had to do three divided by three. Well, same thing this week. It's four divided by four. We're scoring exactly one goal per game. We've scored exactly one goal every game. One is the mean, median, and mode. Did I use those terms right? Yeah. Nice. We'll make a math teacher out of you, yeah. And, like, that's not a lot. I agree with you, James. Like, I'm excited by what I am seeing because I, I think it can get better. I think it can get better. We got to be on target more. We are off target a lot this game. Got to improve on that. I think the chemistry between the front four is just getting better. I think Lud is... Right, this was the first game, and, and I get that he got our opening goal of the season, but this was the first game where I really felt like Lud was very involved in the attack, very involved in the game. I think obviously Luisa Maria is still getting his his bearings, his bearing set with his new and uh, I guess all these guys would be new for him because he was gone before Reynoso even arrived the last time he was in town. I guess he knew Lud. He knew Lud. That was it. Because yeah. Franco wasn't there yet. Bongi wasn't there. Right? And then on the left, we have the whole Bongi and Franco kind of going back and forth for each other while Franco's been struggling through injury. And Bongi's getting his bearings straight, too. So I think front four is only going to get better. We look dangerous. We look good. But it is only four goals. That's all we've had so far. Yeah, and I mean, you you talk about how Amaria is kind of just finding his feet. If this is just finding his feet, I'm so excited to see what happens when he when he kicks it into a higher gear. Because yeah, like I I can't wait to see how many more goals. I think Ad, uh, Adrian Heath came out this week and basically said that he set a realistic target of like if he scored 15 goals, that would be kind of a kind of a really job well done. And Amaria himself was saying that uh, everyone teases him about the 25 number <laughs> all throughout the locker room and the coaching staff. So it's good. It's good banter. And I think uh, I think he's fitting in really well. You know, he had a bit of time with the squad a couple of years ago. But like you said, with so many new faces, it's kind of one of those things that it's uh, it's good that he's getting on with these guys now as well. But I got to ask you, like near the end of the first half, Francisco Calvo 
one of us on this pod owns a owns a jersey, stomps on Robin Lott's foot and only receives a yellow. Do you think that's red worthy? I think everyone in Minnesota wanted it to be red worthy. It could have been. I, I think it could have been. I don't think it's a sin that it wasn't. Yeah, I think the extra baggage is what makes the Minnesota fans think that there's always extra intent, right? That he was being malicious with stomping on his foot. Uh, I guess it's discretion of the ref, right, in that moment. But it could have been. Oh, and there was a really soft yellow against Will Trapp that I think Jeremy Rushing was talking about this yesterday on Post Loons about if Will Trapp just kind of tugged on a guy's shirt and got a yellow. Kelvo goes and stomps on Lid's foot, and they get the same consequence. Yeah, I mean, I understand why it's a yellow. Like, he's going for the ball, but he kind of s- just studs him in the, in the leg, kind of, in the, sorry, in the foot, almost ankle. So, yeah, I just think the the gauge of what a yellow card should be should just be kind of tightened up because I don't think kind of shirt pulling deserves one where if that's the same as stomping on someone's foot, I think that's uh, that's a problem. You know, it happens. And yeah, I mean, people are always going to complain about the refs. And I think you're right, Justin. I think with the extra baggage, it, it's kind of people just want it to be to be worse than uh, worse than this. Give them like an extra reason for the villain. It did get um, varred, right? So I don't really have anything more to say about that. Whatever. Move on. It would have been it would have been classic if Calvo was ejected, but I'm good. Fair enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, our defense guys, another clean sheet. We're not at full strength. It's looking good. I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah, looking good. And right, we haven't even had Matt and Aaron Gasper all season long. So our guys are filling in nicely. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because it's a long season, but, you know, as we talked about before, this team is very deep, deep on the front end, deep on the back end, uh, which is, which is good for us, right? I think the middle is the only place where we're, we're kind of iffy, but actually, you know, we haven't seen Joseph Rosales a ton. Ja'Cory Hayes is coming on in the, you know, the 92nd minute. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team. So hopefully we can stay healthy. Hopefully those top guys can stay fit. Um, but we know that there are guys that can step up when called upon. And that's a good feeling to have as a team. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Rosales, who's played six minutes. Ja'Cory Hayes has had two appearances for five minutes. Dinlardi's had one appearance for 13 minutes. Like, there's there's a lot of guys in this team that can, uh, that can step up. Uh, and like you said, you know, Chase Gasper hasn't played. Metinair hasn't played. We got Callum Montgomery, Kim and Gucci, both those guys on the bench also haven't played. Like, so we have depth in defense, right? With those two guys and Chase and Metinair. That's like a whole nother back four. And we've signed uh and we signed Lawrence as well, right? So we we got even more defenders. So I think uh I think we're really we're really looking strong at the moment. And you know where else we're looking strong? Segways! The table. I don't know what it is today. I'm just in a segue. I'm just in a segue mood today. Uh, we're uh, currently second place behind Real Salt Lake, who are three wins and a draw. 
we are two wins and two draws. And third place is Austin with two wins, a draw, and a loss. Uh, having said that, though, LAFC are playing Vancouver uh, tonight. Uh, and LAFC are two and one. Two wins, one draw, just to not confuse anyone on the weirdness of what two and one means. Well, I mean, clearly we should all overreact, right? We should we should buy into the fact that we are going to finish as a top two Western Conference team. No, it it's awesome, right? It's it's awesome that we are better than last year, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. We were on zero points this time last year, right? So it's a much it, better setup. It's a long season. It's a long season. You can only compare yourself to last year so many times because last year really was a fluke. Right? It was historical that Minnesota United made the playoffs after losing their first four games in the current era of the MLS. Like the last time a team had done that, it was like the 90s or early 2000s or something like that when you probably still had teams like the Tampa Bay Mutiny playing in the league. That was the last time that a team had lost their first four games and still made the playoffs. It's a much different league now. The reason why teams don't make the playoffs, though, after winning their first four, sorry, after losing their first four games is because none of them were as good as the 2021 Minnesota United. It was a fluke that we lost those first four games last year. Yes, right? We are eight points we, we are eight points better than we were this time last year, and that is awesome. Right? That is awesome. But let's just keep at it. Let's just keep at it. Let's not count the chickens before we before they hatch. I think this is where we should be. I think this is where we should be. We should be competing amongst the best in the West all season long. We should make the playoffs and then make our make our push. Yeah, and I mean we you know, we talk about how we went zero and four. If I look down this table, Portland, one win, two draws, and a loss. Seattle, one win, one draw, two losses. Nashville, one win, one draw, two losses. Sporting Kansas City, one win, three losses. Right? Like these are all teams that were, you know, were kind of top four or, or all playoff teams. And they are all in the bottom half of the table. Right? So season is young. It's awesome we got off to a good start, but if we squander this and miss the playoffs, you know, playoffs are a long way away, but I think this is such a good base that we get to build momentum off that we, we have to do ourselves justice and we have to build momentum on this and we have to, you know, go a long time in the season to make sure that, you know, we do make playoffs and we do give ourselves the best shot in those playoffs because I think it would be, kind of unacceptable to to go to the playoffs and then just lose the first game like we did last year, especially off the back of what looks like a strong start. All right, so Curvin uh, Ariaga came in this year as the replacement for Jan Gregus. We are playing against Jan Gregus. So I asked the question, what do we think about the two players? Do we think that Curvin is an upgrade? Do we miss Jan? What do you guys think? I, I mean, if you're asking me if I miss Jan, I, he was good to us, right? Like, we liked Jan. Of course I miss Jan. Does a guy like Kervin Ariaga make it easier to let Jan go? Oh, for sure. Another, what, we we paid like 
50,000 for Kervin Ariaga, and he's running around the field and making tackles left and right like he has been doing. Like, he's been pretty awesome. He's got the free kicks down that Jan had. I like what I see. I really like what I see. Yeah, he uh, he looks good. Um, there's a great picture of, um, I think I saw a Twitter of him, like, towering over the referee arguing about some decision, which I thought was great. But, you know, you like Ariaga versus Gregush, well, it's not going to be last year's Gregush that we compare him to because we literally didn't even play that guy almost at all. So I think that he looks much, at the moment, I think he looks much better than 2020 Gregush. So, so, yeah, I mean, how many times did we play young Gregush last year? 15 games, and he started nine of them, right? So not, not a large sample size there. But, yeah, I think, I think he looks good. I, I can't wait to see kind of what else we can get out of him and, and how he's going to contribute. But, yeah, I mean, he looks solid. He's young. He, he's, just, uh, he's only just 24. So this is uh, this is looking good, and we picked him up on the cheap. So, yeah, that's uh, all factors that are in the, in the plus column. And he's not a DP, right? So, I think we got a lot of value out of him. So I think that's one for the win column. Yep, gotta love the yeah. bargain bin. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, bargain having we, we talk about these unknown guys coming in. I mean, th- this is another another player, right? It was it was Franco last year. I mean, we could kind of even say Amaria the year before and Reno. So these guys that we've never heard of, we don't know anything about that come in, you know, he's obviously more unknown than the rest, but just a quality player uh, hats off to, you know, our, our talent evaluators finding this guy. Thank you uh, Heath for watching Hassani Dotson play in some U23 games against Honduras. So you could see Joseph Rosales and Kervin Ariaga. So you could see those players up per- in person and see that they're the kind of guys that are going to make this team competitive. So I think it's a great move. Sorry to see you go, Jan, but I'm looking forward to what Kervin does moving forward. All right. Uh, our next question. Uh, <laughs> I didn't put this one in here. I think this is the James question. But uh, do you think we should start Bongi over Franco now? I, I think so that... Franco can rest that hamstring. Yes. Right. I I think Bongi has proven himself very capable. And if you know anything about hamstring injuries, right? If you've watched enough sports, you know that hamstring injuries, you don't want to keep re-aggravating them. And I worry, right? I I worry that we, we now have had Franco kind of coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out a couple times now in this very young season. I say rest Franco, give Bongi, give give Bongi the keys to the car for a little bit. Franco can get healthy, he can come back in. If Bongi hasn't fully established himself by the time that Franco is fully healthy, I I think you still got to put Franco up there. Bongi is young. He has looked great. He's looked really great. He's looked really explosive. I think that he's still not quite as polished as a Franco. And for that, for that reason, I think right now, Franco is the better player. Franco is the one you got to start. I don't think it's by a lot. And I think I, right. Like I think, 
I, I heard someone say this already that this one, two combo could be really good to you play one of them 60 minutes and then you have the other one come in 30 minutes into the, or with 30 minutes left in the game when everyone's all tired and really exploit that defense. All right. If you watch Christian Pulisic at all with Chelsea, they use Pulisic like that a lot. Use that speed against tired, against tired legs. Both Bongi yeah. and Franco have that speed could really frustrate a tired defense. I think it's a really good problem to have. I don't, Actually, I won't even phrase it as it's a really good problem to have. It's a really good situation to be in. I don't think it's a problem. I think both of them are going to get plenty of playing time. Both of them have been getting plenty of playing time. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you look at it from a purely spat spat, oh my god, if you look at it from a purely stats perspective, uh, it's definitely you know Lewis Amaria. If you count out Anu, because that doesn't really count. If you look at per ninety xg and xa so expected goals and expected assists Luis Samaria is at 0.55 per 90 minutes and bongi is at 0.52 per 90 minutes so t- statistically our second highest player in terms of expected goals and assists per game as at half so basically every two games he's going to be getting one of these things and he currently has zero goals and zero assists right so he's due, he's due a goal or an assist. And third on that list is Franco at 0.35, right? So like you say, it's a wonderful problem to have because essentially what we've been doing the first three games is you stick Bongi on with half an hour you know, to go and he just tears up life. And I love the enthusiasm. You know, he had a shot that he shot, I uh, believe, at the keeper he had like he had a one-on-one shot that he missed, and he had another shot that he that he kind of went close with as well. And he had this one-on-one shot, and, and he didn't quite get it off to the side enough, and uh, and the goalkeeper made a diving save to the right, and he just like fell to the ground, kind of arms outstretched, like why I should have scored this, you know. And that's the kind of passion I really love, and I I really can't wait to see him score. I really hope there's going to be some kind of South African like dance move that happens like they they do in the World Cup because those guys are just amazing. But yeah, I really I really like you said, I really think it's amazing that that we have someone like this who who just has so much pace and when you slot him in or you slot Franco in, they're just such a perfect match for for what our team needs. You know, no matter which one of them, we we still look great, right? It doesn't it doesn't seem like putting one in detracts from the rest of the team. It it seems they're both as good as each other, especially in uh, different circumstances as well. So I'm all for it. At the moment, yeah, I think we do start him though because I think Franco needs we need Franco to be healthy. I don't want this to be a niggling hamstring the entire season. Yeah, get get Franco healthy. That's that's how I feel about it as well. Get Franco healthy. Have Bongi play in the meantime. If Franco can, you know, get thirty minutes a game until he's healthy, and then we could sh- switch him up and have uh, Bongi be a super sub. You know, injuries always happen, right? So you know, we might be having this. Con- we might have a conversation where you know he needs to play somewhere on the field anyway in a few weeks because of injury. But knock on wood, knock on wood. Uh, but I. I'm really, I'm re- I'm really happy with the depth we have on this team. It's it's good that we're having conversations like this. It's a good problem to have. 
So we are heading into the international break. We're going to see you in two weeks. Pod on you loons will not be recording next week. I will be on spring break. Justin will be getting back into the swing of things of being a teacher. James will be doing whatever it is that James does. So we will see you in two weeks after the April 2nd home game against Seattle. Justin has tickets. I'm thinking that I might have to go too. You have Wonderwall tickets, right, Justin? Wonderwall tickets. All right. Yep. It's going to be 53 degrees, the two weeks out forecast. So, uh, yeah, I was jealous I wasn't there yesterday, but yeah, I've, I've talked to Sarah about it. I, I think either I'll go or we'll both go. I'll try to make it happen. I'll try to join you, Justin. And then, yeah, in the meantime, though, Minneapolis City plays their U.S. Open Cup game at Des Moines Menace. That is Wednesday. That is this coming Wednesday at, I believe, it's 7 p.m., and you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. That's pretty sweet that Minneapolis City is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. I'll definitely be watching that one. And then we have the three U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifiers. I said it earlier. Thursday, March 24th at Mexico. That's 9 p.m. Central. So I'm happy I'm on spring break. for. Or wait, I'm not on spring break yet for that one. Nah, we're going to be tired on Friday, Sam. Yeah. Huh. All right. And then we have Sunday, get, get, March 27th. Getting ahead of himself. <laughs> yeah. Way ahead of myself. Sunday, March 27th against Panama. More reasonably timed, 6 p.m. Central. And then the following Wednesday, March 30th at Costa Rica, that is 8 p.m. Central. So despite the international break, a lot of important soccer to follow if you care at all about Minneapolis City or the U.S. Men's National Team. Pretty jacked. You guys got to listen to the Podligans, follow the Podligans, that sort of thing. I, we're, I'll talk to Nate. I'll get their, their latest episode published on our feed to kind of give them a little boost and give you all something to listen to. Guys, I think that's all we got, right? Yeah, that's about it, huh? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's been undefeated. good. Eight points, eight points, four games. No yeah. losses. Keep it going. Two points per game. I love it. Well, everyone out there, thank you for listening. Oh, shout out to, uh, special shout out to, what is it? MPLS Cheesehead. Kind of reached out to me, said some really nice things about the show. Appreciate appreciate that MPLS cheesehead on Twitter. Thank you for that. Thank you to all of you listening. Hope you all have a great day or great night, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. Peace out. Pot on you loons. Peace. See you later, everybody. Peace out. Pot on your loons. Peace out. Pot on your loons.